The following recording is a production of Kicking Out at Two in conjunction with the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network and is intended for private use only. For more information, head on over to facebook.com forward slash kicking out at two or our Twitter handle at kicking out two, along with searching Retromania with a W on any and all podcast platforms available to listen to archive shows such as this and all the great content of the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. Evergreen content at your fingertips anytime at your listening pleasure. And with that being said, we thank you for listening and hope you enjoy the show. We're in the fourth quarter of football season, and yes, you are listening to Kicking Out at Two, the Retro Pro Wrestling Podcast on the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network, with a special twist as we're going to be presenting you the second annual Kicking Out at Two All Pro Team here. On kicking out at two and being very redundant here. I don't know why, but whatever. It is what it is. Um, Super Bowl's upon us, coming up fairly soon. And uh, joining me, special guest is we're going to assemble. He's going to assemble his kicking out at two all pro team. You might know him from Cool Truth with AC over on the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. The, the the man that steers the ship over there. What's up, buddy? AC up, in the brother? house. What's up? What's up? What's up? Good to be here. Finally, good to be in uh, in your studio here and yeah. doing a show with you. It's been a while. Yes. So uh, I'm happy to be here. It'll be fun. It's got always good to be on Retromania as well. So uh, I got a nice team together for us, and uh, we'll have a good time. Yeah. We. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I appreciate uh, all, you know your, your 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 homework and your due diligence to get this going. Uh, um, for those of our listeners that don't really know um, much about your show, give them a brief rundown of what Cool Truth is all about. Yeah, so we got Cool Truth. It's obviously on Retromania. And we also we do post it on our uh, Cool Truth Podcast Productions Network, which is more that's a little more sports-driven than, than wrestling-driven. But uh, we try to keep the focus for uh, Cool Truth on Retromania. But it's myself, uh, my buddy Jim Whitehouse, who's... Uh, we kind of morphed his name because he can't stand John Moxley so much into uh, <laughs> Wild House, White House. And then uh, like my it. good buddy, Hollywood Jeff Edwards, who I, uh, I've been podcasting with now since, I think, 2015? Yep. Uh, right around the time I, I started when we were all at uh, 1640 uh, PWPR. Yeah. Back in those days. I remember that. We did a, uh, we did a round table when Roddy Piper passed away. Yeah. And uh, I ended up on one of those round tables with uh, when when Jeff was doing Blading for Truth. So uh, I don't know. We just decided to do a show, and I actually think we called the first one Blading for Cool, and then we're like thought about it. And we're like, yeah, Cool Truth sounds so much better. So uh, we we we've had that Cool Truth name doing shows for a long time, off and on. We've tried other things, but we seem this uh, last go around here. Uh, we just decided, you know, like that's our that's our name, that's our niche, so we go with it. Uh, we do a lot of current stuff, um, AEW, uh, obviously WWE, New Japan, you know, whatever we. You guys cover a lot. You guys cover a lot. It's stuff. It, it's some. I, I like covering a lot because I feel like whenever we focus just on AEW or just on WWE or you know whatever else, I feel like it gets you start doing the same show every week. You know, you start. Like, we used to do the Dynamite Breakdown every week, and then we're, like, listening back, and I'm like, man, we do the same show every week. We go through the segments, we talk about the same thing, and because they're the same feuds, and it ends up, you you know, you're just saying being redundant. I felt like the shows were getting redundant, and so those guys, and then we get bored with it, and we take a couple weeks off, that whole thing. So we're trying to stick to doing different things. Uh, 
we do have some fun shows up. We did we did uh, top twenty male wrestlers at the end of the year, uh, top twenty female wrestlers at the end of the year. We did uh, top ten tag teams and top ten factions together. Nice. So those three shows are good. I'll and have to check we, out the factions one because I'm a big faction guy. Yeah, so I'm yeah. We did the current. It's it's all current. Uh, we tried to stick to. You know, we went some some of the picks went off the rails a little bit, but we tried to stick to just what they did for this like physical year of 2022. So we had a lot of fun with that. Um, the women's one's actually really good. Hollywood produced that one, and he put he put a lot of he put a lot of effort into that. So yeah, that's a good one to list too. We, we just tried to make it fun, you know. And uh, I thought I thought we came up with pretty good lists, better than PWI. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, PWI list has been a little sketchy at best uh, the last few years. I think. I really, me personally, when it comes to that list, like it had credibility when PWI was actually a magazine when yeah. you used to be able to get it on newsstands. And I think now that you know we're in a digital age yeah. and we've we've kind of moved away from from that brick and mortar of you know publication that the lists have kind of they've gotten a little outlandish. Yeah, it's some it's, some, it's just some of the stuff. I mean, I mean, we go over it on the show, so I don't want to rehash. Yeah, it. yeah. It, it, even even in the sense that it's like. You can get that digital copy prior to the, you know, prior to the magazine being out. Yeah. You know, I didn't know. And I know magazines, it's, you know, printed publication isn't the way of the world anymore. But, yeah, I think you're right. I think it, it was, there, there was something, too, getting that in the mail. And kind finding of out who's number it. one on yeah. the PWI list or which one of your guys yeah. made the, the, the list. Yeah. I, I think I think the number, you know, the, their early picks are kind of predictable now because they're kind of, you know, they become somewhat obvious. Yeah. And I know they like they like to throw things in there to do controversy, and I get that. But some of the stuff, some of the picks that I saw were just ridiculous. But they, it's not just them. I've saw other lists out there where I'm just like, well, am I like, what are you watching? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, every asshole's got an opinion. Yeah, you know, both I of get us. It. You know, well, White House we, likes we, to we, say uh, flavors of ice cream. So what, different flavors <laughs> yeah. of ice cream. Yeah, I think I've heard him mention that before. He, he yeah. likes that the yeah. flavors of ice cream. But you know, I, I. I I'm guessing. Well, actually, I'm not guessing. I'm pretty damn sure your your picks. You're a very knowledgeable guy when it comes to football as well as pro wrestling. I, I think that this team's gonna gonna be a, a very strong one. Um, taking a little break from the retro format here, with not only with the football theme, but we're actually, you know, AC told me before we came on the air that this is going to be um, current talent that are yeah, involved. It's a current all you pro. know, you know, in professional wrestling. So. Um, retro format's taking a little break, but uh, you know I'll be back in the saddle with um, with you know another retro style show. I believe Dennis and I are going to be covering the the twin referee saga with Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant from Ooh. Saturday Night's Main Event. We're going to do a watch along of that um, coming up this month in February. So that'll um, be fun. Full disclosure: at the time right now as we're recording this, the Super Bowl has not taken place. So. Um, AC and I will give our picks as to who's going to make it to the Super Bowl and who's going to win at the end of this show. Oh, um, on the spot. On the spot. I've yeah, been hemming I, and hawing all week. <laughs> yeah, you've been hemming and hawing all week? Oh, yeah. I, over these uh, championship games? Oh, yeah. Big yeah. time. Oh, I bet. Yeah, it's going to be it's, it's gonna be good. Looking forward to it. But um, nonetheless, um, let's get into it. Let's get started, if you will. You're going right. to you're gonna assemble you know, the talent that's going to play in the position. Uh, we're, we're, we, I mean, you've covered the gamut: offense, defense, special teams. I got it all. I got the front office. I got the coaches. Yeah, I the, I, I, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to this. I so got why the don't announcing why, talent. Uh, I even got the team doctor. I, and, I went all out. So, 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 <laughs> what I ask of you is just name the individual, the position that they're playing, and just a brief synopsis as to 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 why you put that individual in that position. So, ball right. in your court, man. All right, we're gonna we're gonna start here. We'll, we'll start with the higher ups. 
because um, I think that's a, I, I think that's a good way to kind of lay this out. Yeah. Um, and just 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 so you understand my process, I tried to I tried to slot talent in where it almost fits their pro, their pro wrestling level. Um, you know, if they were like the head of an organization, maybe they're you know a general manager, or whatever. Uh, with some exceptions, but we'll start here. Um, do you want me to just give you one by one, or give you like the group of like executives here first? Um, whatever, whatever you feel. All right, so let's let's start with the best. the group executives, and then uh, we could talk about it. I got the commissioner, who uh, maybe a couple weeks ago I wouldn't have made this pick, but since he's back, the commissioner of the league, I got to go with uh, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. I mean, I just, I mean, it makes all the sense in the yeah. world. Uh, my owner is uh, Tony Khan. Okay, you know, he's an owner of a wrestling company and. Part owner of a football team, so yeah, you know, with sense. his with his family there. Yeah. Um, the vice president is uh, Triple H. Um, I think you guys could see where I'm going there, and this this one might be a little bit of an oddball one. Uh, the general manager. I went with the. Uh, I know he. I know he doesn't call himself this anymore, but the architect Seth Rollins. Interesting. Your architect, that is, that general is, manager. That that's kind of what I was thinking there. Uh, okay, I get it. Um, the the player agent is Paul Heyman, the wise man. Oh, I like it. And then the union rep. This one is a little different too. I went with Cody Rhodes. Okay. All right. So that's kind of your executive team there. So all right. So let me ask you. I I, I get you know Heyman, Khan, Vince, Hunter. What's your what's your um, what's your your reasoning behind Cody Rhodes as the union rep? So my reasoning behind Cody as a union rep probably lays out more past than present for him when he left WWE. And he made the indie run and then, you know, into his Ring of Honor, New Japan stuff. And then obviously into in AEW, he was kind of that driving force of we're going to do the business different for the boys. And, you know, not the 300-day-a-week work, you know, 300-day-a-year work week, work, schedule. work year, yeah. schedule. Um, you know, everything. Now, you know, I know you could, you know, make the case in which we have on the show before maybe – you know, taking it a little too far yeah. <laughs> as we've since come back on it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Cody going back to WWE, but I think they're, they're in a different place than they were at the time when mm-hmm. he left. Uh, but I, th- he just comes off to me like the, uh, like he could be the head of the locker room anymore, anywhere, yeah. the suits, you know, um, I think, I think at the end of the day, just through what you learn about him, I think he does care about the talent mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I figured if you could get like a union rep, uh, aside from maybe a slime ball side that may happen on occasion, yeah. Uh, I, I I felt like Cody was a good a good option there. So he exemplifies leadership for the talent and yeah. for the players. That's what I'm. That's what I'm going with. There. Okay, yeah. I like that. I, I like I like that rationale. Um, definitely, you know, with the the stories we've heard regarding um, Paul Heyman and and Triple H and their roles behind the scenes, um, all great picks when it comes to front office executives. Um, even Vince McMahon being the Roger Goodell, if you yeah. will, of this football league. Um, well, I mean, he did do it before with the XFL. Not not well, but yeah. maybe <laughs> maybe with this team he could he could do better. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> I mean, yeah, who knows? Just don't call it the XFL. This is this is the, this is the. <laughs> but anyways, I like I like your I like your picks. Let's continue. All right, so from there we're gonna go. All right, I'm gonna go with the um, announcers and the team doctor and the trainer. As a, as a little group here, just so we don't, you know, take a ton of time on it. Uh, the stadium announcer, I got Samantha Irwin, who's the uh, SmackDown 
announcer. Okay. Now, uh, as right. of uh, you know, the middle of this. She's past actually year. not bad with her. She, she's one of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, I if anybody's listened to this show, I dig her. I love the way she uh, announces Imperium and Gunther. Yeah. And uh, you know some of the other stuff. Yeah. I think I think she's just does a brilliant job. I actually listened to the one on Raw, and I don't think she's that bad. I can't recall her name off the top of my head, but. She, when you compare the two, there's really no comparison. Yeah. You know, so I, I dig her. I think she's the best of the business, which before I would have said Bobby Cruz. But uh, I don't know, that that kind of new, her new little swag that she puts into it, I love it. Yeah. Um, so I got she her. She identifies herself. Yeah. As, an, as a ring yeah, she stand she stands out, but yeah. it's good. Yeah. And it kind of like, you know, when she says the Intercontinental Champion, like it yeah. just sounds like yeah. something big, you know. Yeah. So I love that. Play by play. Um, I actually went back and forth on this because I really love Ian Riccoboni, who's the ROH play-by-play guy that does a little bit work with AEW now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you heard him the other night, last night, whatever, uh, with the Mark Briscoe J- uh, Jay Lethal match, yep. which I thought was his best work on AEW uh, because they actually gave him time to actually call a match. Yeah, but uh, I love his work on ROH. But I had to go with Kevin Kelly, uh, especially after Wrestle Kingdom. I think he's the best play-by-play guy out there. So we go with him, and then the color guy. This is where I kind of went off the rails here a little bit. Kind of maybe a look into the future. I picked the Miz. Okay. I think he could be a very good kind of that heel commentator. All right. You know. I, I, I was thinking you were going to go Pat McAfee with the football aspect. I, I thought about him. I did. Uh, I think him not being in it now is part of the reason why I didn't. Yeah. But he – he. I, I feel like that was the easy choice, you know. Yeah, that's I was true. trying to I was trying to think outside the box. Going a little creative here. And I'm very it. I'm I only did two. My theory behind that is I can't stand three and four man booths in most situations. Yeah. Uh it gets crowded. Yeah. UFC they do a decent job with it, Rogan and uh DC. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but uh I like the two man booth, so I was gonna take a sip of water. Yeah, here. go, go, go. Do your thing. <clears throat> so I stuck with the two man booth kind of Not be a hypocrite, I guess. <laughs> yeah. No, I like it. I like it. There's uh, a lot of reasons behind it. Oh, then uh, Team Doctor had to go with Britt Baker, DMD. <laughs> Everybody's going to have clean teeth on this football team. Oh, yeah. And then for the head trainer, I went with Chad Gable. Ooh, I like him. I like Something it. different. Yeah, you know? I like it. What do you think of Gable and his, and, and his progression within the last year or so? Um... I don't, it's hit or miss for me, to be honest. Yeah. Um. I, I don't hate it. There's times I'm like, eh, cringe. I yeah. kind of. I, I almost want him out of the tag team. I guess. Yeah. And nothing against Otis. I just. I don't know. Just that part of it's weird. The shush thing bothered. I don't know. It gets to me sometimes. Yeah. But overall, it's supposed to though. Yeah. As, as that's a fan. the idea. Yeah. yeah. That's the idea. I get it. Yeah. I thought it was a good slot for him. I was looking for like. Uh, personal trainer type type of thing you know like yep. and actually angle came to mind uh-huh. i'm like wait a minute gable because it's kind of current yeah you're going you current know? yeah yeah so that's where i'm at with that gable reminds me if like kurt angle like fell asleep in the dryer like when it comes to like his mannerisms and just how he presents himself but i mean he makes it work you know he gets yeah. strong reactions um and he's he's that good that you could have like a Braun Strowman bounce him around the ring for 15 minutes or whatever, and he can come back the next week and wrestle a Shelton Benjamin right. or whoever, have a great match, and people will still be into it, and they won't they won't look at him like he just got buried. I, I think the other I think the other credit I give to him is 
in the past, I think he thought his best work was probably in NXT, mm-hmm. as we've seen with a lot of these, especially the tag teams. Yeah. And kind of reinventing himself and with his new tag team, you know, you almost don't even think about that anymore. This is something new for him. So mm-hmm. I give I give him credit for that. He's yeah. one of the ones, I guess you'd say, made it out of that NXT group. Yeah. You know? Very <laughs> few. It's a, it's a handful. But I mean... I'm glad to see that some of those guys were brought back after yeah. Vince initially left um, back over the summer. Because uh, there was a lot of guys that, <laughs> given the right trajectory under different leadership, they were able to succeed and there was a little more range yeah. to, 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 their, to, to their presentation rather than just kind of being stuck in one spot to serve one audience, i.e. Vince McMahon. But, yeah. Um, and I, I think the other thing, too, is there was, there was when you hear the stuff about Walter, um, I actually was not watching WWE at the time when mm-hmm. he had this terrible segment or match and Vince wanted to cut bait with him right away. Yeah. And I was just like, I mean, I get it. You you strive for perfection and all that. I understand mm-hmm. all that. But, you know, you want to get rid of a guy off one bad segment and you look what he's doing now. Yeah. And it's kind of like, uh, you know, you know, I don't know. This it, 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 so I'm over the Gunther name change. Well, I know a lot of people. I know aren't, I keep calling him Walter, right? but like I was, I, I thought Walter was. I thought you know Walter, as simple as it was, was impressive and yeah. like imposing, and like Gunther was just to me like ah oh, stereotypical Vince. Here we go again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when it comes to him now, like because his character and the presentation has been so good, yeah, that like I've forgotten about Walter and. At times, I, you, you've heard the announcers almost slip when they've called him by his name. I do it all the time. And I think, too, that, like, that could be used that, that could be used down the road, like, in a situation where, like, he's got to be Walter. Not like a Mick Foley. Maybe if it was a babyface turn or something. Yeah, like, he's got to go to different a different place to be Walter. Yeah. You yeah. know? Whereas, you know, Gunther, he's the pro wrestler. Walter, he's this fucking killing machine, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, that's something that they could... You know, touch on it, it. You know, down the road. I but. actually, I think what sold me on it was the way uh, what's Samantha Irwin there says it. That's Kunta. Yeah, you know, and she and she enunciates it and she drags it out. No, I uh, love it. I love it. I love it. I, I listen to it over and over. It's so great. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's, I, I find it. I, I sometimes I find it hard. Like we all dump on Vince all the time. Yeah, and it's it kind of sucks because of all the things we've seen and enjoyed because of Vince. Yep. But now it's like. You know, he ha- it's clear he's lost something off his fastball. Triple H just kind of – he didn't even really do a lot of, like, changes. The the storytelling just got more consistent and a bit better. Yeah. yeah, it was like it, he didn't – and they still do some of the stuff that, you know, drives you crazy at some of these backstage segments yeah. and stuff. It's, nothing's perfect. Yeah. Uh, but – um, and I almost feel like there was, there was a segment on Monday on Raw where uh, the DX segment – which was kind of hokey and goofy, but I also feel like you know some some of my friends told me that they thought they were trolling AEW, which I could see with Angle coming out with DX. Mm-hmm. I can see how you could troll AEW. I go, they almost were trolling Vince or themselves. Yeah, with the hold up players, you know, like, yeah, 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 yeah. So I think I was like, it was a big trolling segment, and you know, I mean, that's a little goofy. I could take that or leave it, but whatever, you know, these things happen. Me personally, when it comes to Hunter, and we'll and we'll continue, but I just want to make one point when it comes to him. I think. He's taking, he's respecting Vince's vision and what he's built and created and still implementing pieces of that into the programming while at the same time merging that with 
with his direction yeah. and his vision of the product. And, and, and trying to stay women prominent. And, and trying to keep it modern and not go back to the old formula and try some new things. And yeah. I think there's a good mixture and a good blend. And like you said, he didn't change a whole lot, but what he's changed and tweaked, it, it, it shows and it really... I, I think there's a couple there's a couple things that... that I mean, if the things that stand out the most to me were the same exam with, with the bloodline. Yep. I don't think it would have gone on this long. I think they took something they were already doing and then made it a long-term deal. and dra- they, they gauged the audience. I don't even want to call it dragged it out because it's not a drag yeah. at all. It's an, it's I enjoy it every yeah, week. Yeah, every segment's yeah, a home and, run you know, practically. The, um, the, uh, what's it called? The uh, group, the Finzi group there, I call it. Judgment uh, Day? Judgment Day. Yeah. You know, that, I mean, putting Dominic in there, that whole story with Ray, which is still not settled. You also have the... Concerto on Beth Phoenix that's not settled. There's so there's so many openings, backstories, and ways they could go, which you hope they go back to. But they also got cool things going on now, so they're doing a lot of that, which you really haven't seen a lot of. Yeah, like they're giving you those reasons, like I got to watch Raw this week and I got to watch SmackDown. Yeah, and I'm like I'm I'm just I'm a sucker for Roman Reigns' entrance, so I I watch every week just waiting for it. Yeah, I love it. But all right, great. let's let's continue with this team. Yeah, so uh, we'll, we'll go with the coaches. And speaking of Roman Reigns, he's my head coach. Ah, all right, head so, of the table, head coach. I yeah, like it. So I went I went with uh, kind of the leaders of factions for the coaches. Okay. So I figured if I'm gonna have if I'm gonna have the top coach, it's got to be the top guy. It's got to be the head of the table, like you said. Uh, you know, he's got to get the acknowledgement. So we went with Roman Reigns as the head coach. And went with uh, Switchblade Jay White as the offensive coordinator, the okay. leader of the Bullet Club. All right. Um, and I think you see, when you'll see the players, I, I kind of tied this all together, I hope. Yeah. Uh, the defensive coordinator, we just talked about him, Gunther. I actually put Walter down on here. <laughs> and then the special teams coach is Kenny Omega. Oh, all and, right. And uh, I tied that all together a little bit, too. So uh, Okay. So that's where we're at with the coaches. Took a little bit of everybody. WWE, New yeah. Japan, AEW. I like it. I like it. Yeah, and I tried to, when I built the roster, I tried to look at how that all worked together. Uh It also allowed me to uh, mess around with the Bullet Club a little bit and uh, Elite and, of course, uh, Imperium and then Reigns. Bloodline, I I wasn't pigeonholed where I had to put the Bloodline in with him being the head coach. So, all right. Let's start with special teams because, you know, everybody's always always forgets about it and... uh, I'll kind of work my way backwards here with the players so mm-hmm. we can have some fun with it. So Omega's a special teams coach. And, uh, I mean, when we're talking about kicking, I got to go with uh, the punters Matt Jackson and the kicker's Nick Jackson. Oh, okay. They're a little super kick party yeah, for the kicking. I like it. With their buddy, uh, I like their buddy it. Omega. Dude, I like it. <laughs> I like it. That's pretty good. Plus, I'm like, you know, with, with their physique, how many positions could they really play in football? Yeah, that's you know? true. You know, like if you're going to go with smaller guys, you're thinking super fast positions, you know, cornerback, running back, maybe a slot receiver. Yep. I don't really see that for either one of them. So I, was, I, I, I don't know, it just popped in my head. I was thinking of guys who do good dick kicks to kind of make the punter and the kicker. Then I'm yeah. like, wait a minute, super kick. So we went yeah. with uh, Matt and go. Nick Jackson. I like it. I like it. And then uh, I, my kick returner is uh, Speedball Mike Bailey. Okay. A little impact reference there. Uh, obviously a guy, speedball, you know, speed, kick return, kind of ties together. Yep. And the punt returner is Ricochet. Kind of the same agility, you know, fast, yeah. guy hard to bring down type of thing. So we got we, had, we got Ricochet on the list there, and that's our little uh, Kenny Omega built special teams. I like that. I like that a lot. The guy, you know, you, you, you tied it in very well. Um, 
I when when you said Kenny Omega special teams coach, I thought to myself, okay, the special in special teams because you know so you can you, you know love or hate Kenny Omega, yeah. what he does, he's going out of his way to make make his presence known in the industry with the special things that he does. You know, people will rip on him about the blow up doll match. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I've only seen clips of it, so I can't really comment on it. But the different things that he's trying to implement with his character as well as into the programming of AEW, I that's that's what I got from it when you said special teams. And then when, you know, before you even said punter and kicker, I was, you know, I was like, oh, maybe it'll be, you know, I Fuck Adam Cole or whoever. Yeah, yeah. Another one that does super kick. Yeah, yeah. It didn't even come to my head that you know the Bucks would be there. But yeah, well, yeah there's no there's no uh, shortage of guys who do super kicks these days anymore. I know. I mean, it could be the Usos. But, you know, it's kind it's kind of their, their little shtick with this the super kick party music yeah. and all that. <laughs> it's you know, it did slip into my head too. Some of my friends like the, are not fans of them. Yeah. So might think, oh, they're special, you know. Um, but uh, as far as Omega goes. I almost, I almost feel like there's two Omegas, and we saw this recently. You have the AEW Omega, where some of his stuff I could take or leave that he's mm-hmm. done on AEW. Yep. And I, there's, you know, I was in the building for the hour-long time limit match with, with him and Danielson, which I still think was the best match, or maybe one A with Cody and Dustin, two I'd best AEW. matches that AEW's yeah. ever put on. Yep. those would be my two I'd go to. That was a great match, yeah. Um. And it, that building was insane that night. Uh, Arthur Ashe, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which was a different place to watch wrestling, but it was good. Yeah. Um, but I look at what he does when he goes back to New Japan. And, uh, you know, I brought this up on the show. I think there's a lot of people that see Kenny Omega now and don't even know that that Kenny Omega exists. Mm-hmm. And I saw it when he cut the promo in Japanese because he could speak Japanese. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was just a difference about him. And then watching the match, and I was like, "Holy shit, we haven't seen this in four or five years," mm-hmm. you know. And and Will Osprey, uh, obviously, is a insane talent. Yep. You know, and I, it, I, it's one of those things. I get it. It's on at four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning, and then people go and watch it on Access, and there's commercial breaks, which really breaks up the flow of the match because I watch it on Access, and uh, there was one point in the match. Sorry to ramble. I just, no, no, no. There was, there was one. There we was got one, time, brother. We got time. <laughs> We're only twenty six minutes in, so please. There was uh, there was one point in the match where, um, and I actually heard Cornette bring this up and give them credit for it, which is shocking. But uh, uh, Osprey did like he ran up Omega, mm-hmm. and then did like a flip in Zaguri. Oh, okay. And he didn't really follow up on it, and so Cornette was like, "That was a great move. I've never seen that before." And then you know, bashed him for not following up on it. But when I watched the replay on Access, right after he hits the Zaguri, they cut the commercial. So I was just like, even if he did follow up, like, you know, just, how do you cut the commercial after that move? Like, who's breaking this up? You know. Yeah. So I, I mean, I know. Listen, it's if you don't have New Japan World, it's hard to go out there and just find the full match. Yeah. But I, I stood up that night. I watched it live, and I was just like, I watched it three times on New Japan World. Like, oh man, this is the Omega. Now we're not gonna get it all the time, but it's nice to get. That's the old Kenny Omega that I really love. Yeah. I get. I get why some people he's not their flavored ice cream in AEW, and if you don't like the Bucks, and he's always with the Bucks, and I get all that, so mm-hmm. it's different. But there's an edge to him in New Japan that I don't necessarily see all the time in AEW. 
So. That's, that's what I was... I mean, I didn't watch a lot of his stuff in New Japan before AEW. I had heard of him. I'd seen a... I watched... Uh, I think I watched one of the Wrestle Kingdom matches with him and Okada. Mm-hmm. Um, it might have been the 90-minute one, I think. The one that went 90 minutes, the time limit draw. I think that was on Dominion. Or maybe it was... The, yeah, okay. I think that was on Dominion. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, anyways, regardless. Yeah. I'd, I'd seen some of that stuff, and I watched the match with Jericho, too. Um, and oh, Yeah, from Wrestle Kingdom. From Wrestle yeah. Kingdom, yep. And so I'd seen a couple of his matches and then clips on YouTube and people post memes and shit like that. Um, so when he came to AEW, and maybe it's just me, but like I'm still waiting to see what everyone thinks is so great about him. Mm-hmm. Currently to this day, right. I'm not discrediting his talent, his ability, what he brings right now. But when they turned him and he joined with Don Callis... It felt very WWE to me. Mm-hmm. And he, at least before AEW was formed, he and a group of other people exemplified the alternative. And I'm not finding that alternative. No, you're not yet. You're not really getting it. Yeah. The Danielson match would be the best place you could go. Yeah. A fantastic uh, match. But I, I was confused early on about, and I still to this day think it's the biggest mistake AEW made early on. And I and I, I put them all in this category, not just Tony because he was new at it. Uh, I put the Young Bucks in this category. I put Kenny in it, and I put Cody in this category. Yeah. They that first year, I feel like they made a lot of mistakes, and you hear a lot of people talking about it now. Uh, during COVID, when we had those shows with no fans, and you know, it, it was just based on whatever storytelling and what the talent was doing to kind of suck you in. When we were doing shows, we had a lot of things to talk about. Mm-hmm. We used to bring it up all the time because Cody was doing this at the time and Kenny was doing it at the time. They, you know, they were having matches with, that were they were pre-filmed in QT Marshall's gym and against guys you don't even know. Mm-hmm. And it just felt like they were giving them too much shine. Putting, I get what they were trying to do, but at the end of the day, like you're supposed to be the star, you're supposed to be the badass, you're supposed to be the top guy. Yeah. Why? Why is a you know twenty minute match and the, this guy nobody ever heard of as 12 minutes of shine or whatever. Uh, but, but the biggest mistake that I think they all made is they went in the first year and they, they wanted to say that we are not doing this wrestling company just to put ourselves over. So Kenny Beggar is going to put over John Moxley and, and Hangman Page is going to put over Chris Jericho. And you saw the Young Bucks lose the private party. You, uh, Cody take himself out of the title picture forever, which was a mindless booking decision. It's one of the worst booking decisions I think that was ever made. Uh, and who you know who knows what happens in the future, whether Cody was to come back and they would rectify that or not. I think that was a huge mistake early on. And that first year, you know, they went through the year not being the top guys. And I think a lot of people tuned in to AEW for the reasons you're talking about. We heard all this fuss about these guys who got their t-shirts in Hot Topic and did all this stuff in Japan and maybe did all this stuff in Ring of Honor. And I don't really watch Ring they of Honor. They made six figures at a, at a at a grassroots level yeah. without a marketing machine behind them. Yeah. And that, to me, is impressive. That Like, I'm, I'm not the biggest Young Bucks fan when it comes to their work itself, mm-hmm. but I can't deny the fact, and I'll put Kenny Omega in that same category, and even Cody to some extent, that, well, actually, no, I'm going to take Cody out of that because Cody... Cody had that experience with the machine mm-hmm. behind him to some degree. But those three guys, they 
took something at a grassroots level and they ran with it and they capitalized with the advent of social media and the, also, the elite on the YouTube. Well, the, that and then the fact that there was a it was during a time in our industry in the industry I say our industry but the <laughs> industry where WWE was not putting out the best product. Yeah, and so. Fans were wanting to see something else. There was that space for the alternative. Yeah, and and they were clamoring for something different, and these guys were giving that to them. So when, like I said, when it came time for this for this you know debut of AEW, and these three were were strong forces behind it, I would just like hold my breath in a lot of ways. And that first match with Cody and Dustin at that first show, still to me, I I don't blame you for putting Danielson and uh, and, and Omega as a match, but to me. That's that's on that Mount Rushmore oh, yeah. of AEW matches Absolutely. right now. Like at the top, that's the one choice it's, for me. It, it, I almost when I talk about other matches and then I think about it, I'm like, oh shit, I better mention that match because yeah, it was on the first show. Yeah, the first and you show. Think about it, and you know, and and we kind of saw this when they did when they did um, all in, mm-hmm. and they you know it was in conjunction with Ring of Honor, and I guess Tony Khan was behind the scenes and we really know about it. And, you know, New Japan helped out a little bit or whatever. But for the most part, they just – these are us. It's, it's Cody. It's the Young Bucks. Yep. It's Kenny, Hangman, whoever. We all got together. We're going to sell all the – we're going to sell this arena because Meltzer said we can't do it and blah, blah, blah. And they, they do this whole big thing. And I watched that Off show. bet on Twitter. Yeah. That's 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 amazing to me. Yeah, it's, cra- it's, it's crazy. And uh, White House was actually in the building, so he gives great accounts of that the whole weekend, mm-hmm. which just was something different. But – when I look back on it now, you saw the signs then and the kind of the things I'm talking about. Like, I thought Aldis and Cody should have been the main event. Because um, I thought the way that was yeah. built up with, yep. with the 10 pounds of gold and the yeah. whole thing. I um, agree. They didn't do that. And, and uh, you know, they had some uh, – the Marty Scurll match ran over. So they cut the main event short. And then Jericho had he, – he had to be there. But he needed to appear sooner because he had to fly out for a show and yep. jump on Tony Khan's jet. Yeah. So there was a lot of things there that we didn't know at the time because it, that was just a great experience. And I'm not knocking anything they did, mm-hmm. but I think they kind of laid it out there where we're not just doing a show to put ourselves over. Well, I, I, I somewhat agree with that, but you know what? Tone out the noise of that. The majority of the people that ter- tuned into AEW in the beginning, they didn't see a lot. of There, there was the cult following. I get that. <clears throat> but they haven't, like you said, I didn't see a lot of Kenny Omega. I didn't really see a lot of the Young Bucks. So when I'm tuning in AEW, I want to see why did everybody clamor for these guys? Why did they become so special? Yeah. And I'm not so sure they gave that to you yeah. early on. I agree. Know? I agree. I mean, like the, the, to me where I was, I guess you could say all in, was not even so much the all in show, but the, the, the way that the Cody and Dustin match was presented, how it was built, the, just some of those grassroots elements of a, a bet with Meltzer on Twitter. They sold out a building. And then they, they built a pay-per-view on the internet like no with no television contract yeah. at the time. So, like, those things were impressive. And then they delivered with Cody and Dustin. And when it came time for, like, Omega's match with Jericho and then even that Bucks match with, with Lucha Bros, all right, they weren't bad, but I was like, I was just still waiting for something more, you know, more special out of them. Right. You know, but we and we screamed about just to tie this back to Omega. We screamed about this all the time on Crew Truth Week. Where is forty-five minute New Japan Kenny? Where you just are like, holy shit. Yeah. And 
bring up the Danielson match, but it was on regular TV commercials. You know, I, I can't do the picture in picture. Yeah, same. Uh, I fast forward. So that. and 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 being in the building, I think that's why I love that match so much is because yeah. I was there and feeling that energy, and we didn't we didn't have to worry about commercials because they just go. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's why I think that's the closest you got to New Japan, Kenny. Uh, I don't, I, but I still, I don't think they really worked a New Japan match. I think they just worked a, one of the better AEW matches ever. Yeah, uh, they provided an alternative on a lot. Because I don't stage. know that Danielson's ready to work an AEW uh, New Japan match. Mm-hmm. If you watch enough New Japan, the matches are built different. They're different. Yep, and I, I, I think that's different why style. the New Japan coming into the United States has been. Up and down. I think the New Japan fans love it that they're here, but I think the other fans are, like you said, they don't. They, what is making everybody so crazy about this? We don't really see it. Yeah, you're not really used to the style, and the style it's just it's it is just different, you know. Yeah. But Kenny, that's the Kenny. You know, I want to see the Kenny that you know mock executed AJ Styles yes. out of the Bullet Club. Yes. You know what I mean? And I've you're not gonna that. get. I get. Fan. You're not gonna get moment. that on on TBS. I yeah. get that, but. We haven't even gotten close to that. Oh, yeah. You've gotten like a goofy, more of a goofy, you know, uh, and I get he's a heel and the whole thing. I thought it's, I did think his title run was the best title run that any champion AEW's had yet. Yeah. That's not I, really saying a lot. I agree. Yeah. It's not really saying a lot. And yeah. who knows what this MJF title run will be. Yeah. Um, I'm wishy-washy on him right now, too. Um, it just seems like AEW, they get guys to a point and then it gets wishy-washy. Um, there's a lot of love, but that's why we've kind of gone away too from breaking down the dynamite because you start getting in, we start breaking down things, you start thinking about things, and you're like, you know what? Why'd they do this? Why'd they do that? Blah 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 blah. And then uh, a, a good friend of ours who listens to every show, he reached out and he was just like, "You guys become an AEW bashing show," and that's not what we wanted to be. Yeah. yeah. So it kind of worked out perfect with Hunter taking over WWE. Because we, we went to that because we were really liking it. And then Edwards and I watch Impact every week. So we talk about that. Uh-huh. And then that's kind of given us less time to talk about AEW. So I think we focus more on the good stuff. Yep. Nail the bad stuff. So I think that's you know where we're at with the show and with yeah. Kenny. Um, but yeah, let's... Uh, where are we at here? All right, so, so we did the special teams. Because yep. we went off the rails there for a minute. All right, no, let's go to good. defense. We'll go to defense. All right, I'm looking forward to this one. All right, our defensive coordinator. Defense wins championship. So Gunther. Gunther. Uh, you know he's gonna t- he's he wants the uh, he wants to make sure the sport is uh, you know preserved sport. preserved. Yeah. All right. So obviously, if Gunther is gonna be the uh, defensive coordinator, he's gonna have Giovanni Vitri and Kyle, Ludwig Kauser with him. So they're gonna be my cornerbacks. Okay. Um, you know they might be, you know, might lacking on the speed a little bit, but I, I like the physicality there. Yep. So I think they, that's a good spot for them. I like that. Uh, Their the, size too complements yeah. that 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 position. Yeah, you get you got you know you got some big wide receivers. They got it. They might have to face up against. So mm-hmm. we'll take that. And then the nickel corner um, is just you know th- this is just an athlete with a lot of speed. Is kind of a nut. We'll go with Ray Phoenix. Ooh, okay. Who's one of uh, he's like one of my favorite guys to watch. Uh, I just I, I don't know. He just does things in there that are just crazy and so smooth. I love it. I don't really love the six man stuff. It just those those matches get too crazy. Yep. Uh, so I'd rather the tag stuff or the singles with him. Mm. Like I saw um, I saw him wrestle Omega, um, for new uh Northeast Wrestling, which was just crazy. 
Um, probably better than what Omega does on AEW. More, yeah. <laughs> more so now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I really like Ray Phoenix, so we got him in there. Um, then our safeties, uh, the, the strong safeties, the uh, Impact Champion Josh Alexander. Okay. Figure the guy could uh, lay the wood a little bit here. Yeah. And then um, the free safety, and then I, you know, I I'm big into these uh, hybrid safeties. Mm-hmm. Um. That uh, you know, the Giants kind of run one of those with McKinney and yep. guys like that, and uh, th- that's going to be uh, Jay Uso, and our free safety will be Jimmy Uso. Okay. So we got you know we got you got we got the little brother tag team connection there. I tried to keep the tag teams together. Um, that's a good, and, that's a that's a good defense there. And then like we drop we drop down to the middle linebacker, tying it all together. Solo Sokoa. There you go. There <laughs> we you got go. the dynasty right in the middle of the field. Yeah. Right in the late of wood. Oh man, I'm you liking know? it. And then uh, my uh, inside linebacker, outside linebacker, we're sticking with a tag team theme. Uh, Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood. We'll go to FTR. Okay. Um, I kind of struggled where to put FTR. This again, you might not be looking at speed here, but I'm thinking agility and uh, guys who kind of lay the lay the lumber. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll go. We'll do the defensive line here. Uh, the tackle. I got Moose. Okay. Um, Football background yeah. too, so that yep. helps. Nose guard, uh, Keith Lee. Okay. And then my two edge rushers are Powerhouse Hobbs and Brian Cage. Oh, wow. Now, if, if people are That's out, quite the line. If people are out there uh, looking over this, obviously this is more than 11 because I put in, you know, because you could run different style defenses. So yes. I thought about all that. So I didn't just go with a starting 11. Yeah. I went with what could be a starting 11 if you run a nickel corner, you run a hybrid safety, yep. or if you run a traditional... You know, four three. No, I love it. I love the four, diversity. Three, four. You could do anything with yeah, this. You know? I love the diversity. Yep. And that's quite the line. <clears throat> yeah, you know, I figure Hobbs and Hobbs and Cage guys that are in super athletic and ridiculous shape. Yeah. You know. Speed, agility, the whole thing. Keith Lee's just a solid brick wall brick too. Wall. You know? Yeah. I mean it I like the 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 addition of Josh Alexander who I've heard some really good things about him. I haven't watched a lot of his stuff. I'm I'm planning to watch the match with Bully Ray. Yes, I don't know if you you've seen it. that yet. I have. I uh, I watched the pay per view. Uh-huh. Um, I did see the match. Um, that uh, that was the um, Full Metal Mayhem. Mm-hmm. So that's you know hardcore match. You know that's the things you're gonna do with Bully Ray now. So I would watch that, but I'd also oh, if if I could actually send it to you because they put it up on YouTube the whole match. Uh, his match with uh, Mike Bailey. I have the Impact app, so I can probably find. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah. They did an they did an hour. An hour, fifty-eight minutes. Okay. In that range, the the second half hour of an Impact show recently was Mike Bailey versus Alexander. Okay. And it was awesome. Okay. One of the better yeah, matches. Yeah, Kobe was saying that year. too. He was yeah. saying it was a really good match. Yeah. I'll have to check both of those. Yeah, out. that's a, that's those are good matches to watch. You can see like their diversity there, yep. and even if you get like a, um, I mean, I wouldn't. You know, it's going to be tough to go back and watch all of it. But if you get one of those highlight reels of what he and Bully did, mm-hmm. those fantastic. I saw a clip on social media. The angle that that I saw the beginning. Bully won the the, the call your shot battle royal. Then he confronted him and he suckered him in. And yep. you're thinking that you know I'm gonna come right at you uh, head on. And, and then he totally went full heel yeah. and did what he. Well, know, he was he was doing uh, sneaky stuff in the back. Yeah, you know, jumping guys and saying what is a him and you know, and then he had the. Uh, 
they had kind of the subplot with Dreamer, mm-hmm. where Dreamer had his back and yep. he turned his back on Dreamer. I watched that promo. It was a great him. promo. Yeah. Yeah. Then great then stuff. then they did this stuff with uh, Josh's wife. Yep. So they tied tied his family into there. So yeah. um, I I I really like Josh Alexander. I dug the North when uh, Ethan, Ethan Page was there. Yeah. Um, and then you wonder how it was gonna work out for him with him leaving. And actually, I think his his singles run in Impact is far better than what They're doing singles with Paige run with now. Page, yeah. which is no fault of Page's own, yeah. just kind of the way AEW works. It's a crowded but roster. His uh, and I, he even said this in an interview I I saw recently where if they didn't break up the North and Page hadn't left, he doesn't think he'd be champion right now mm-hmm. because to get where he was then mm-hmm. till now, he might not have had the time. To go because he went through the X division and the whole thing and you know I've heard different knocks on him saying he's small. I mean I don't think he's really that small. He's in good shape. Yeah, he could go with anybody. He's yeah. not. He's not huge, but he's not tiny, tiny yet either. Yeah. I, I I mean if you I mean if you put him in a WWE ring with Roman Reigns or Braun Strowman, yeah, he's gonna look small. But yeah, yeah. for where he's at, uh, you know, totally fine. He's a big fish in a small pond. Yeah, and as some people don't like the uh, when he wears the. Um, the headgear? Yeah. Oh, I love it. That's Steiner I Brothers mean, all that, the way right, right. there for and, me. And it's amateur wrestling, yeah. the whole thing. It's, yeah. you know. So, I, I like Josh Alexander a lot. I had him uh, I had him really high on our top 20 list. And, uh, yeah, so we had to give him some love on the football team. Nice. Too, so. I love it. You know, got to bring up. I like I like to throw in guys that maybe people aren't thinking about. Maybe they'll go out and, you know, maybe they'll go out and find their work. Yep. Like I said, if you go out on YouTube and just search Josh Alexander – Mike Bailey, the match is going to come right up. Yep. So if you're a big wrestling fan, maybe you want to watch that match. You never would have watched it, you know? Yeah. Check it out if you're listening. Absolutely. All right. We got, we're around to the offense here. We're on to right. the, uh, the fun stuff. All right. Our offensive coordinator is uh, Switchblade Jay White. Yep. Um, he likes it. I, I picked him because he's always on the attack. Yeah. You know, he's always going after guys, you know. Mm-hmm. So we, we picked him. Uh, well, let's start with the offensive line. We'll work our way down to the quarterback because you know the quarter we got to do the quarterback last. So offensive line here, um, the center is Jeff Cobb, okay. and I'm gonna wait a little bit to tell you why I picked him. Okay, all right. This is, it'll, it'll give something away. Yep, gotcha. And then I'll give you my other lineman. Um, sticking with a tag team theme here, the uh, the uh, guards are uh, Carl Anderson and Lou Gallows. Okay, you know Switchblade Bullet Club. You know, Carl's still working in New Japan. They're still repping Bullet Club. So, tied it together with Jay. They joined Jay White and Impact, you know. Uh-huh. So, uh, okay. So, we got the Bullet Club I uh, dig it. together there a little bit. Uh, my tackles, I went with the big boys here. And I'm not, not fat guys. I went with the big, muscular, strong savages. Uh, Braun Strowman and Lance Archer. Okay. So, All right. You know, we're, we're, we're trying to build an athletic I haven't heard that name in a while, Lance Archer. Team here. Yeah, um, he hasn't done a lot for AEW. He was, he was in the G one, mm-hmm. um, and doing a lot of stuff for J- New Japan. So you know that's and he does the some of the New Japan strong. Mm-hmm. So Tony lets him go back and forth. But I would like to see him. He was talking about maybe a repackage and another run in AEW, which yeah. I would like to see. I'd get behind it. You know, there's certain. He's another guy. Um, I thought he hit the ground running, especially when you're talking about. He came in right at that COVID time. Yeah. But they did they, uh, the original TNT tag team uh, tournament. And uh, it was him and Cody in the finals. And the semifinal, he wrestled Dustin. Uh-huh. And there was a scene of him, and this was obviously no fans, 
in her QT Marshall's uh, gym there filming those little shows. And uh, he beats Dustin. And he's, like, smashing his head on the canvas. And he's, like, holding him up. And then everybody dies hits. And he's got this smile on his face. And then you see, like, uh, you know, when they had the uh, Rhodes family dynasty there, or whatever they called them, the uh, American... The Nightmare Family. Nightmare Family, yeah, American yeah. Nightmare Family, whatever they were calling them at the time. And they were kind of up on the canvas just looking at this psycho. And I'm like, oh. I'm like, what a freaking visual. And in my mind, I'm like, fuck, Cody can't be in the... In the um, heavyweight championship picture so obviously they're probably going to put this tnt belt on him but i'm almost like i want lance to win and cody to chase at this point yeah and we never we never really got that yeah. and then you know he came back with uh with the snake and Jake all the that snake, yeah. had some great vignettes and stuff so i like that pairing i thought yeah. they complimented each other real well gave jake a spotlight i'm big jake guy and you know his association with lance who was this dark but psychopath yeah and if you will i thought it really worked out but, I think I think there was a couple points where they got a little nervous about what Jake might say in the mic. Yeah, you know. Uh, but supposedly health wise, he's doing better. Yeah. And Lance even said he's he's definitely open to them coming back together. I mean, I don't know how you repackage them if they come back together, but yeah, yeah you never know. We'll see what happens. But I'm with you. I'd like to see him back. Um, I think he's I think he's an asset to that because he's another guy. Even though he's a bigger guy, he doesn't really have that big WWE background that some of those guys mm-hmm. have. So, I mean, I remember seeing him when he was with uh, Davey Boy's kid. And they Very. were there. Yeah. And they were, uh, I, fr- I don't even remember what they called themselves. Um, they worked uh, a Field of Honor um, where I went in Brooklyn. They worked, I forget who they worked. It might have been War Machine. I think they were on their run with War Machine. Because mm-hmm. they, were, they were doing... Uh, Back and forth wrestling in Japan and wrestling here mm-hmm. uh, at the time. Yeah. So obviously that's Viking Raiders. Is that what they call them now? Viking Raiders? Yeah, the Viking Raiders. It's better than the Viking experience. That that's the, the other one she the, says that I like. Valhalla. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My girl there, Irwin. Oh, uh, yeah. All right. So we'll move on here. Uh, let's go to the tight end. I went with Damian Priest. Very okay. tall, athletic, long arms. Yeah. You could get a guy like him open. throw a little jump ball to him, especially in the red zone. Yeah, I like it. So we get Damian Priest in there. Um, running back and fullback. Stuck with the Bullet Club theme. Might be a little small for a fullback, but, I'm again, I'm looking for athleticism, quickness. Chris Bay at fullback and Ace Austin at running back. Okay. So impact team there. Uh, Ace is a little small. I get it. But, again, agility, speed, Bullet Club with uh, – Jay White, who brought both of them into the Bullet Club. Mm-hmm. They're kind of part of that American faction of the Bullet Club. Yeah. So we get those guys in there. Uh, wide receivers. This one's kind of all over the place. So my wide receiver one is Montez Ford. Obviously, I like it. You know, um, you know, you, his agility, his agility, speed. speed yeah. The whole thing. Uh, wide receiver two, Swerve Strickland. Okay. Same kind of thing. Yep. You know, and I wide receivers in the NFL have a uh, – they, they're they're kind of like the uh, I don't know what do you call them like the charismatic yep yeah, charismatic there's, there's, types there's on the field of, there's a lot of personality personality so, so I, I think yeah. I think both those guys hit it Victor Cruz Odell Beckham yeah. you know all the Rand, yeah all Randy of them. Moss go, all the greats. go back to Terrell Owens you know yeah and uh you know I like I like these I like those two I think both I think both of them have big futures yeah um and then my slot receiver yes this is this is off the walls but Darby Allen 
my thought process here is who's going to take that hit over the middle and just keep chugging. Yep. That's Darby Allen. That's true, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he'll run in front of a bus and then get up and do it again. So That's yeah, it. I like that. I like that. All these picks have been great. The explanations <laughs> behind it, I love it, dude. You, you, I actually really thought about this. Dude, I'm, no, that's together. what I want. I love it. You know what I mean? It, 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 it's, it's great, man. That, that's what, when I was, when I, you know, just to explain the process a little bit here, when I was doing the list, I was going to do kind of past, present, future. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, it's coming up with too many guys, and I can't really tie it together. And I was, and I was like, how do I tie this whole thing together? So when I came up with this list, I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna go with it. I'm sure I'll love it. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, no, dude, I'm all for it, man. You did your homework. You, you've been, you've been knocking it out of the park. Oh, all right. So we awesome. said the biggest position on the field. Uh, Got to go to one of my favorite guys right now. We already talked about him a little bit, and this will tie the whole center thing together mm-hmm. too. Will Osprey, smart, athletic. You know, I can see him having a big arm. I mean, I know they don't play much football in the UK. Yeah. But uh, if we ever got him over here, we could probably teach him. He's learned. He's learned pretty much everything else. If you watched him from, you know, the if, if you see uh, Osprey's progression in wrestling from the aerobic match with Ricochet that everybody went crazy about, mm-hmm. which nobody really watched the whole match. They just saw the clips. They saw that one spot and everybody went fucking. Yeah, everybody went nuts, and you know, yeah. I, I saw other talent and promoters and. Fans and I, I still have friends of mine. Now. I, I saw the match at Ricochet, and I'm just like, yeah. listen, dude. First of all, it's kind of a mischaracterization of how he wrestles, especially now. Mm-hmm. He's put on more size, uh, come back well from the neck injury. I thought he was doing great before that, anyway. And he's got a personality, and uh, you know, I, I love his whole team there. Aussie Open, they're mm-hmm. a tag team that's really coming. They're really coming. Um, but Cobb is obviously part of their. Uh, United Empire there. Yep. So I figure, you know, who you want quarterback center, have that relationship. Yeah. So that's why I went with Cobb at center. Now I can explain it because my quarterback's like Will Ospreay. I like it, dude. I like it. I like <laughs> so it. So there that's, you have the old pro team. That is awesome, dude. That, 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 I, you know what, man? Home run. You get an A-plus on your homework there. I like the tie-ins. You had you had reasons behind all your picks. It was – it, dude, you exceeded expectations. And this is a pretty damn good all pro team. Um. Now, let's get into, just briefly, yeah. I mean, you and I are both Giants fans. At the time <laughs> we're recording this, the NFC and AFC Championship haven't happened yet. So, by the time I drop this, we'll be heading into the Super Bowl. We'll see if our picks come to fruition yeah. or not. So, um, coming out of the AFC, who do you think's taking it? Kansas City or Cincinnati? Oh, man. All right. So, I've been really hemming hawing over this one. I actually like the Cincinnati team um, for no other reason that uh, – I, I follow Burrow and Jamar Chase as well, obviously, mm-hmm. but specifically Burrow uh, in college, one of the players I followed. So I've always been a big fan of his. And uh, kind of them coming out of nowhere last year I thought was awesome yep. for him and the team. Yeah. And it's nothing against Kansas City. I don't really dislike Kansas City, but yeah. I, I'll i probably be rooting for the Bengals. I don't know that I'd pick them because it kind of bothers me that they won three in a row against Kansas City. Because I feel like Kansas City's too good yeah. to kind of lose to the same team four Again. times in a row. Yes. But I looked at Mahomes. There's, I just can't see how he's right for this game. So after the ankle injury, yes, yeah, the injury, okay. and it bothers me. It bothers me from his standpoint. Like, if I want to make the case for Kansas City to win, you need Mahomes to move around, hundred percent, be able to run out of the pocket, yeah. and healthy. You, look. I'll just I, listen. I know styles make fights, and every game is different. But that defensive line for the Bengals 
beat up Josh Allen last week. Yeah. Who was... Nobody saw that I'm coming. assuming healthy. Uh, you, you, hear, you hear all kinds of rumors that his arm's been hurt for half the year, which may be true, but his legs were fine, yeah. as far as we know. Uh, and they that defensive line, they do not get enough credit for what they did in that game. Yeah. Uh, every game's different. I get it. And I think Kansas City will try to run the ball more. I'm sure... Sure, Andy Reid will have a bunch of wrinkles. They have our old our old friend there, Kadarius Tony. I'm yeah. sure they'll put a little wrinkles in for yeah. him, who I can't stand. <laughs> but you know what? I'm gonna go, and I'm not super confident about this, but I'm still gonna go with the Bengals. Okay. Now, I after after hearing your explanation, um, and the fact that Cincinnati has been a very hungry team, um, I'm I'm go, I'm gonna go with the Chiefs only because of the fact that I think. With Mahomes' injury and the way he played, he's got a week to rest up. Yeah, the Bengals might try to capitalize on that in the same fashion that they capitalized on Josh Allen. But like you said, they're too good to lose to them again. I know. That that's bothers me. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I think Mahomes is going to – I don't think he's worth $525 million personally, <laughs> but I think he's going to show why he got that huge contract. And, yeah. and, and he's going to – to me, he's the future in terms of quarterbacks in the league. He's going to be – I think he's going to be the next Tom Brady. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I really think so. Yeah, I mean, obviously different style, but it's it's a different league now. Yeah. Man. You know, Tom was Tom. Yeah. <clears throat> Even though he's kind of still Tom, but yeah. <laughs> it was just crazy. But, yeah. It's we'll a, talk it's about him league. in a minute. We'll talk – actually, I, I want to I get your opinion on him in a minute. But Okay. Um, but, um, all right, so now let's go to the NFC because this is the one that I've been hemming and hawing over, and I'm sure you know why. Yeah, um, I know why because we're probably going to say the same thing I do. I hate the Eagles more than any other team in the league. I hate the Cowboys more than any other team in the league. But so here's my theory about that. And if you're a Cowboys fan out there, I'm sure you're a nice guy, so don't take offense to it. But I hate I I hate the Cowboy the whole idea of the Cowboys. America's team. Yeah, that's we're gonna, this year. Yeah. Jerry Jones, the Cowboy yeah. girls. Yeah. <clears throat> and I'm sure people look at me the same way being a Yankee fan, or the way you look at Laker fans. So I those big dynasties. I, the yeah. whole idea of the Cowboys, I can't stand. Yeah, uh, you know, and this whole it, you know half of their fans now, you know, ha- never even saw them win anything. But that's besides the point. <laughs> when I look back at the Giants' history, and this is why I hate the Eagles. Like seven of the ten worst losses in the history of the Giants are against the Eagles, mm-hmm. and then you go, you know, the the year Plaxico shot himself, and they have the terrible game in the playoffs. Who they play? The Eagles. Yeah. What happened this year? Yeah, this great year. Everybody's excited. They win a playoff game. They run into the Eagles and get trounced. Yeah. And then the Eagles rub their noses in it, yeah. uh, which is fine. Listen, they weren't in the game. I'm not knocking the Eagles for doing it. If you could do it, go do it. I hope a lot of the guys on that team remember it, though. But you go like the Randall Cunningham, Miracle in the Meadowlands, Deshaun Jackson punt return. Yeah. I mean, I could go on all freaking yeah. day about these losses to the damn Eagles, Michael Vick, Donovan McNabb. Yeah. I, I can't take the Eagles. Yeah. So. Having said all that, I'm going to pick the Eagles to win. <laughs> you know, I, I, as much as I don't care for the Eagles, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a bigger Cowboy hater than I am an Eagles fan or an Eagles hater, but there's a couple things I want to point out. Number one, the Eagles are the first team in the history of the NFL that, that created a jail in their stadium because they're, yeah. because they're degenerate the old veteran, fan base the old veteran at the old vet. Used to used to produce Brutal. UFC fights. I mean, they they threw snowballs at Santa Claus yeah. for fuck's sake. You know were, were, they, were they throwing batteries at Michael Irvin when he was on the? Uh, I believe so. When he was on the stretcher or something. If I'm not mistaken, I think there was one game. I forget who it was, but I forget what team it was. But there was a game where some there were fans were throwing something at the vet, and uh, 
the opposing coach got his headset to then turn over to the house mic address and was like, you guys need to cut this shit out pretty much. I forget. This was like back like late 80s, early yeah, 90s. Yeah, yeah. I forget who it was, but... I mean, and then it just got worse. You know, those people are in Philadelphia. Yeah. I'll never go to a game just for safety issues. Oh, and there, I would. I wouldn't go to a game there. I don't want to go to a place where I can't wear a jersey and cheer my team. Exactly. I'm not even talking about being a jerk. Yeah. And here's the other thing, you Philly fans out there. I don't. You know, the ones that do this. Obviously, I have friends that are Philly fans that yeah. are great guys. But the ones that are in a stadium being assholes like that. Not only are you an asshole in your own stadium, and you get pissed pissed off at people wear a jersey, then. In 2019, when the Giants are a dead team and Pat Shermer's about to get fired, you come in at MetLife, December, it was late December, it's raining, it's cold. Again, the Giants are a dead team. The only thing we got to look forward to is Barkley breaking off a 69-yard run. We got to watch that little prick Boston Scott running all over the damn field. I still don't even know what Boston Scott is, but he kills the Giants. And we're sitting in the stands and most, you know, it was probably 60-40 Eagle fan to Giant fan ratio just based on the fact that the Giants were dead. And before the game's over, the row in front of us cleared out because people left because it was pretty much a downpour by the third quarter, uh-huh. and the Eagles were going off. And you got to get a bunch of jerk-off Eagle fans sit, standing in front of us. They can't just cheer for the team. They got to talk tr- trash. They got to be assholes. Yeah. So basically, it went like this. I turned to my brother, and I was like, we got to go. He's like, you want to go? You never want to leave a game early. Okay, I was like, oh, so here's what's going to happen. We're either going to go, or you're going to be bailing me out of jail. Yeah, okay, yeah. Well, I, so yeah. I get it. it. It's yeah. Don't be jerks. Just watch the freaking game. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm gonna pick them. I think they're the better team. Number one, uh, they got the best pass rush in the league. You got a th- seventh round third string quarterback. Now I know he's played well and great, and people want to make him rookie of the year and everything else. But he's been protected for mostly played a lot of those games in San Francisco. The, two, the first two playoff games were there. Uh, you just brought it up playing in Philly. That place is going to be raucous. Yeah, that pass rush is going to be on fire. I mean, and that's and that's against. A, I mean, that's in the NFC Championship against a non-division team. It was worse when the Giants yeah. would played them, and they apparently the water got shut off. Or yeah, in the hotel. The hotel. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. not a fucking the wa- coincidence the, either. The water got shut off in the hotel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's just like when they used to go play. They used to go play in Foxborough, and they got put in. Uh, hotels 40 minutes from the stadium and they get there and the kitchen would be closed and they'd be you know eating cold pigs in a blanket because yeah. they had no food <laughs> i went yeah i'm sure that was by accident yeah. belichick had nothing to do with no, any of not that at all none at all you know well, they used to say that um that uh lou holtz when he was playing when teams used to come into notre dame and he was playing teams that were really fast and keep the grass a little bit higher, wet yeah. it down a little bit <laughs> jesus you know just get slowed down a little bit. competitive edge, <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah you know um but, yeah, I just think it's a tough spot for a kid quarterback like that. And, you know, McCaffrey's nicked up again. Listen, San Francisco got a lot of talent. They have a good defense, too. Uh, but when push comes to shove, uh, at home, Hurts is a stud. And the which Eagles I, I fundamental football. Yeah, it wasn't everything. Like, it wasn't like when they – I mean, the Giants, I, I expected – I didn't expect them to get trounced. I, I expected a, a close game. I knew Philly was better, but I didn't expect the trouncing. Same. I, I thought they were riding a high. They were playing their best football. I thought they would get off to a better start. Yep. And then it would be tough to keep it up the whole game. Exactly. And that's, that's kind of where I was at. I when they got off to that bat, like, I got to the, I didn't even scream at the TV. Yeah. Because once he threw the pick at 14 nothing, I was like, oh, this game's over. Yeah. And Because the Philadelphia's better on offense, yep. better on defense, better on special yeah. teams. 
Um, I won't say they have a better coach because I, I don't I, – I, I, you, you might have an equal coach to us now, but you don't have a better mm-hmm. coach than us now. So that's yeah. one great thing about the Giants now with Brian Dable. But, uh, you know, Philly is well coached, though, even though the coach is an asshole. Yeah. Uh, but Jalen Hurts, I, I got to give him all the credit in the world. I saw a lot of his career. I saw – you know, this was a guy that was taken out at halftime in a national championship game. Yeah. To a Tagovailoa and transferred out of the school, and he went. You know, he went to Oklahoma when it Big Twelve. They don't play any defense. And you're like, yeah, yeah, Jalen Hurts, blah blah blah. I mean, even when they put him in, and you know, he didn't look that accurate. I mean, he's accurate. He runs. He leads the team. You know, they were they were showing some of the stats. Uh, they actually rushed for more yards uh, on average this year when he played than when he didn't. Which you would have thought it'd be obvious. Mm-hmm. You think with Gardner Minshew in there, they'd run the ball more. But it didn't happen because they use so much of the misdirection and RPOs and everything they do. It hurts. He he leads all that. So um, listen, Philly's good. I think Philly could win a Super Bowl. I I mean I'm gonna I'll go on record saying because they, I'm not gonna root for him. I'm not gonna root for him either. I want Kansas City to win. Um, but I'll root for whoever comes out of the AFC. They, they, yeah, I, I'm, I'm definitely. I mean, if the Niners beat the Eagles, I'm not a big Niner guy, but I'll I I like the Niners only because. When I used to watch them play the Giants as a kid, like you couldn't help but respect Joe Montana and Jerry Rice and Steve Young and those guys. Like those were they were tough teams, but the Giants played great football against yeah. them, win or lose. Like, I mean, that was really when we were kids. That was really the Giants' biggest rival outside of the division. Like they were, yeah, they played so many big games, playoff games, Monday Night Football yep. games. You know, the the uh, I mean the, the, the MSC Championship game for them to go to the Super Bowl in nineteen ninety yeah. against the Bills. You know, they, they, was, they get, that was the uh, they, get, they knocked Montana out of the game. Yep. Roger then, Craig fumble. And then Steve Young just got beat. What was it like 16 to 19, 19, 16, or 16 to 14? Something, something like that. Low yeah. score like that. Actually, that game's on YouTube. Uh, and I watched some of it when we were, when we were uh, all stuck home in quarantine. And it was great because Madden and Summerall called that game. Oh yeah, and it's been it, it, we haven't been a long way from Madden and Summerall with this commentary. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but if I'm gonna pick someone, I'm as much as I don't want to because they are playing the best fundamental football out there. I'm gonna have to go with Philadelphia. That's yeah. I mean I mean Kansas City. I think I think they'll put up a good fight, but I, I'm, I'm as much as I don't like it. Philadelphia is going to win just because I think I think a lot of people got fooled by Philadelphia this year where there were games where they, they came out to big leads and then they kind of turned it off and let teams back in the games in the second half. Yeah. You know, you had the two losses when Hertz was out. Um, I think if they found a way to win one of those games, they probably wouldn't even have played Hertz the last the last game of the season against the Giants. And I, I think that game gave not only Giant fans, but a lot of people like this, like false hope in a way where mm-hmm. oh look they you know they didn't let them score a lot of touchdowns but they were down 16 and nothing but yeah yeah they didn't let them score a lot of touchdowns and maybe they could take take that over and they didn't, this guy didn't play and that guy didn't play and wink found a way to stop and i'm just like you know i was kind of thinking to myself i'm like i'm sure philly didn't run any of their shit because they're, they're not stupid they yeah. knew if the giants won that game they would see him again yeah and they had to think it was a possibility yeah but like you said i did not expect the giants to get trounced the way they did yeah but sorry right, so you're so you're Who's your pick, though? You I'm think, going with Philly. You know Philly? Yeah. Okay. All right. Now, um, we'll wrap this up. Brady, where do you think he's headed? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah? Oh, it's it, you know what? He should head to the booth. I, I think he'd be good at it. Yep. And, I, I mean, how much more do you need? Yeah. yeah I mean, he's, the guy's done everything. You know? Uh, but, hey, you know, he, I watched a lot of their games this year. 
And I don't think they lost because of him. I didn't, they didn't have a running game. They, I don't think they were very well coached this year. Uh, just, you know, observation-wise. Mm-hmm. You know what? Is it crazy that I could end up in Vegas? I guess not. With You know, with uh, Devontae Adams over there and with his buddy Josh McDaniels. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's crazy. Uh they talk. I mean, they, I've heard San Francisco mentioned. I don't really see. I don't, I don't see San Francisco knows. now that they. So many damn quarterbacks over there. Yeah, now that they've really. I mean, know. I think Garoppolo will be gone, but you got Trey yeah. Lance, you got this Purdy guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, listen, the Jets need a quarterback. I don't know if they want to go for a forty-five-year-old quarterback. I mean, he could go. There's a lot of talent on the Jets. He could go there to stick it to Belichick. Yeah. I mean, could that happen? I don't see it, but who knows? Yeah. I there's there's two options. I think either A. Belichick and Kraft, if Kraft calls him and says we'd like to have you back, oh, go back to New England. I think he could go back to New England, and he and it's for one of those one last shots. He he he's there to 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 win a championship, but he's also there to 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 develop the next guy that's going to take his seat. Yeah. Or I think he's the missing piece to Miami and the Dolphins. Mm. That's an interesting one. Yeah, you know what? I didn't even think about Miami because my, I like Tua Tagovailoa. The problem is, it just I don't know if he could play. You know, you worry. They shouldn't like, even let him out in the field when he when he, he got banged up early in the season. Yeah. He looked like fucking weekend at Bernie's. Yeah, like you know, you got to wonder where quality of life steps in. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if you know the story behind this last concussion. So, which it didn't surprise me when they say he had a concussion because that was that was Christmas Day. Yep. And uh, I just missed on a prop bet that day, so I was watching the game closely. I think I needed, like, a Tyreek Hill touchdown. I was like, ah, he'll get in the second half because all the other props came in in the first half. Mm-hmm. And you're watching, too, and I'm like, he's throwing the ball to the wrong – like, he's an accurate quarterback. Yeah. He's been accurate his whole life. That's why he's in the NFL pretty much. Um, and he's he does have balls despite the fact that he gets hurt all the time. But, you know, he'll – he still runs, whatever. But there was a play at the end of the first half, which I didn't see in the game. They went back to it after trying to find where he hit his head, mm-hmm. where he got, ta- he got sacked and he bashed his head on the ground. Comes out in the second half, throwing the ball to the wrong team, throw three picks. We all saw what happened. Mm-hmm. So, you don't hear anything that he's hurt or whatever. So, apparently, the following Tuesday when they went in to watch the film, yep. they're sitting with him and they're like, what do you think on this play? He couldn't remember. He couldn't remember any of the plays. So, they sent him in to get checked out. And there you go, concussion, and he's done for the year. So, I mean, that's – you got to wonder when the quality of life steps in that, you know, you feel – I feel badly for him because I think he's a good player just – just seems like a lot to come back from. Not only that, but let's be honest, okay? That first concussion early in the season when he was walking all funny and then the we the league just wiped their hands clean from the trainer, the doctor. I think the, the league was partially the, at fault, that's why. I agree 100%. They 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 wiped their hands clean from it. He's a 1099. He's not he's a he's an independent contractor to these teams. But at some point, what kind of responsibility with this many injuries, head injuries no less, what kind of responsibility is the league going to take now yeah. in the event that something serious happens? They they fucking spent you know eight hundred million dollars on that class action lawsuit, paying all these guys yeah. out now for all these injuries. At some point, you have to wonder like when is there going to be accountability on Roger Goodell in the NFL? Because there's way too many. This Tua had way too many concussions this season and. It just get, it just seems like there the was bad ones too. Like that wasn't and, like he got his bell rung. Like he was out of it. Yeah, and the fact that you just explained that he didn't even remember the play when they were going over the film. Yeah, like that's scary. Yeah. And the league is allowing this. So so you're right. allowing someone who that you're trusting as a medical professional to oversee 
the health of these athletes, but you don't want responsibility if they make the wrong fucking decision. Yeah, I, it, you know, when you, you, and you see it all the time where, you know, a guy gets his bell rung a little bit and they call down and he goes into blue tent and he comes out and he's fine or he mm-hmm. doesn't. And to, to have that not happen multiple times with the same players just – I don't know. I don't get it. I, I think I think a lot of people are responsible. I think, you know, I, I, is he hiding things from trainers? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, which I think if he is, he should stop doing that. <laughs> yeah. But you know, you gotta you gotta ask the coaches, the trainers, like you said, the league doctors, whoever it is. Yeah. Yeah. So I think you know, but you know, back to the Brady. Uh, yeah, I, I think that that might be a you know, say in Florida, the whole thing. He was rumored to um, he was rumored to go to Miami before he went to Tampa. Yeah. He wanted Sean I remember Payton that part of that process. So his kids are in Florida. He stays local in that area. I mean, he's got yeah, houses would... everywhere, but at the same time, like I think Miami would kind of be a good fit for it. Like Miami's got to, like I said, they're missing a piece. And to me personally, I would say I would cut your losses with Tua at this point based on his injuries. Bring Brady in for one, maybe two years. I feel like he's that missing piece to their puzzle because mm-hmm. of the way that they put up that fight against Buffalo. Yeah, I was impressed. Like I was, I was almost convinced Buffalo was. That game, it was a crazy game in that, that game. No, and shocking bring, that they were in that game. You bring Brady in, I feel like his influence will help put that team to the level that they need to be at to be even more competitive. And while they're in the process of searching for the next quarterback, that's going to take well, over. Yeah, you that. draft a guy, learn whatever. Yeah, learn about you know, Brady. You brought up the Patriot thing, and I was I was thinking about it as you were talking. Like I think you got the right guy. If that was to happen. I don't think it will, but let's just say it was. I think you're right. Kraft would have to be the one to put it together. Because yep. I think Belichick's last thing that he wants to accomplish is winning one. He he wants to win one without without Brady. Brady. Yeah. So he could he could break Stick that. Stick it back to Brady. Like Brady, Brady won one without him. I got to win one without Brady. So I'm not. My whole legacy is tied to Brady. Yeah. You know, and I, fair or unfair, uh, you know, he's obviously going to go down as the one of the greatest, if not the greatest coach ever, either way. But I, th- you could see there's that that uh, competitive thing there with him. And, and oh, yeah. Because even, I, I know. It's uh, almost like an asterisk. Kraft has had to step in other times uh, in that relationship. Um, yeah. I, you know, there's, I, you know, there's a lot, there's, there's quarterback movement's going to be, going to be uh, a key for a lot of teams this year, I think. Yeah. Because there's. There's almost more teams looking for quarterbacks than there is looking for coaches, which you don't really see a lot. Yeah, usually it's the coaching, hiring, and firing. Yeah, only, oh, there's only the five year. openings. That's kind of light for for the NFL. Yeah, you know. And, yeah, uh, considering and they're all they're all they're all interviewing Mike Kafka from the Giants. I'm yeah. like, we keep him for a year or two. Like, jeez, the first who, freaking who's, year. Who's who's trying to interview uh, Wink? Uh, I think it was Carolina. Yeah. Um, I, I don't want him to go either. I, I think he took the interview. Um, uh, but I also, he, he made a lot of comments that made it seem like he's very content coaching the defense for the yeah. New York Giants. Which, I mean, he's 60 years old. He's been yeah. a defensive coach for his whole career. Does he want that responsibility? Yeah. 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 All year long. I, I, I yeah. mean, and listen, he, I think he has a lot of carbonch with the Giants to run the defense. I think he'll have a lot of say in the players they bring in. Yep. Um, they let him, they let him Dayball, do his thing. Dayball's the head coach, obviously oversees everything. But they they brought in Wink to run the defense, so Dayball would have time to have influence over the offense. Which is why, if if it was between the two and we had to lose one of them, I'd rather lose Kafka and keep Wink. Yeah, because I don't want to restart with the defense. Losing Kafka, I don't think is a total restart with the offense, like, like pe- people are making it out to be. Yes, he called the plays, but I think that was a 
they have a lot of offensive coaches that are involved there. Yeah, yeah. Because they're bringing up other names of guys who are already in the building, and then there was two other guys that they interviewed last time that may be available. So, you know, obviously you want to try to keep that little core together, but I'm sure I, I'll trust Dayball to make a good decision there yeah. if, if he go if he gets the job. Yeah. You know, a lot of people think the Texans thing's good on the line for him. Like, he's the front runner. I read it's D'Amico Ryans, and it really just hasn't materialized yet because they're still playing the uh-huh. defensive coordinator from t- – uh, San Francisco. Yeah. So, which who's going to be a hot commodity anyway. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, dude, this is a lot of fun, man. I really appreciate you taking the time. Like I said, A-plus on the homework. You you, you knocked Thank it out you, of the park, dude. This was, yeah. this was really cool. And, uh, we're, <clears throat> you know, we're going to have to do this again soon. Talk, talk more retro wrestling. Maybe, yeah. you know, if there's an old match you want to watch, you know, that's on yeah, the we'll network. Have to, uh, yeah, we'll have, to, um, we'll have to do something like that. I mean, no. there's there's plenty of things coming up. I, I usually map out a schedule of like things like with milestone anniversaries that I like to cover. Like yeah, yeah. like this year, like I'm doing uh, 88, 93, 98, 03, and 08. So like the 35, 30, 25, 20, and 15 year anniversaries of things that happened in wrestling from not just WWE but from all, all over. All so over. like I try to get like things you know that like oh this happened on a Nitro once. Maybe I'll cover this. Like like recently Dennis and I recorded. Uh, a watch along. We did the episode of Monday Night Raw where um, the New Age Outlaws dumped the dumpster over the over the stage. Yeah, and yeah. Cactus Jack and Terry Funk in it. So yeah, that, yeah. And I just remember as a kid watching that Raw, and I was so jazzed up watching it. It was just such a good episode that I was like, I gotta go back and watch this again. So if there's ever something that comes to your mind that you want to do, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I would. I would. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. They got a whole fucking that. library full of stuff. I mean, I got the Impact app. We can watch stuff on Impact too, as well older yeah, stuff. Yeah. So yeah. Let's, well, I got uh, the I got I got the New Japan World too. If you ever wanted to watch a a real Omega match. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's, yeah a, that's a good idea. Something like you know, that. I, so we could we could put we could let's put our heads together. We'll yeah, definitely do it again. We'll definitely do some more collaborations. This has been awesome. If you guys want to listen to Cool Truth with uh, AC uh, Hollywood and uh, uh, White House Mox or whatever you guys call them, Mox Wild, House, Wild House White White House, Wild, Wild House, Wild House, Wild thing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you can check that out on the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. Search Retromania with a W. You can find it on any podcast platform available. As well as the Cool Truth Productions page, right? Uh, cool Truth Podcast Productions, yeah. Okay. iTunes, yep. Spotify, yep. Spreaker, all all those, all, all that there. fun stuff. It's all there at your fingertips. You can check that out. We got a betting show. Yeah, got, uh, talk a little bit. Every, you got yeah, a you know, I got a, shows I got, going on. So. Yeah, we got the uh, Bet and Breakfast Picks. Uh, that's myself. Uh, the other Josh Gordon. We call him the other because his name is Josh Gordon, but it's not the <laughs> NFL version of Josh Gordon. And then... Uh, our buddy, uh, Dangerous Dan Evans, uh, you know, local indie guy. Or not even really local. He's, uh, you know, up and down the East Coast, uh, rest- wrestling-wise. But, I, you know, we like we like to talk about food and betting. So mm-hmm. uh, we do a little bit of that on there, which is fun. And then uh, we've been doing uh, AC and the Fan with my buddy, Joe Fantosi. We've been doing a lot of Giants football coverage. But that'll expand now that... We're winding down on uh, football season, maybe talk some baseball, yep. you know, whatever else. So that, that stuff's fun. And then I'd still do my solo show from here and there, but with doing all those other shows, I feel like people hear me a lot. So. Spreading, to, spreading it too thin. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. you know, I, we just we just heard you on three shows. Why do we want to hear you talk for another 45 minutes? So <laughs> I, don't, I don't do it a lot, and I, I like, went bed and breakfast when we first started it. They had me leading, and I came in, and I was just like, you know, why do one of you guys lead? And let me just be in an accent here because they wanted me. I was actually, you know, 
you know, at one point, like maybe I shouldn't be on the show because it's too much. And then they're like, oh, we want to have you on there. So I was like, listen, I'll, you know, I, I dabble in producing a little bit. So I did that and I let them kind of run it. And I just like, I'm an accent there. So try to take, and then like on uh, the other show, I try to let Fantosi talk more. And even on Cool Truth, we try to give, we try to give each other equal time and not talk, talk over each other. Yeah. I got to tell you before we close, this is awesome having this. I've never podcasted in the same room with somebody. I, you know what? I was thinking, all right, so everybody that I've podcasted with, all right, you know, we're in a digital age. There's Zoom and Skype and everything else. I know you do your show through Skype with, with Hollywood and with White House. Part of that's proximity because one's in Virginia, one's in Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah. I'm in Connecticut. Co- so. Co- Kobe's in Maryland. I'm yeah. in Connecticut. So, like, we, you know, we, we digitally link up. Um, but I'm very old school in the sense that, like, I like the, the engaging and the interaction face to face, you know. I for, for for many years I did you know the Ken Reedy show with Ken for yep. a while, and you know he was in New York I was in Connecticut we probably maybe a handful of times on I can count on one hand maybe the amount of times we podcasted together and I felt those shows were better than the ones that we did through Skype yeah um, and through Blog Talk Radio but there were I I would. There were times where there was, you know, miscommunication. You don't know what the other one's thinking. Mm-hmm. I mean, there wasn't Zoom back then when him and I were doing it, too. It was all over the phone. So we were – I felt overall we had good chemistry, but there I felt like it would it could have been much better had we been in close proximity. Yeah, I and, agree. And my vision for this, and I've said this before, but my vision when it came to – when I started to do my own thing was I wanted to encapsulize with my setup here – what my childhood of wrestling was yeah, like. Yeah. You know, you'll see there's there's pictures and the toys and, and everything I have here. Like, I wanted to encapsulize that while I'm expressing it and displaying th- that passion through the microphone to, my, to to the listeners. And that was a bit... This is a big part of why I do no, it. No, I got it. That, that was going to be my next point. Uh, having all the wrestling stuff around me, it, it, it kind of gives you a feel to talk wrestling. Yeah. It really does. You yeah. Know? Like it's cool we talk football too, but yeah, yeah, like, yeah. The, like just when we sat down, I'm like, oh, like uh, I, right away, I'm like into it. Yeah, Mike in my face, the whole thing. I don't. And the great part is, I just this show, I just get to talk on. I don't have to do any producing, nothing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a day off for you. Yeah. Oh yeah, when, 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 I'll when, do all the heavy lifting later. When, when Edwards produce, I love shit. it. I'm like, all right, so I don't have to record it. I don't have to produce. It. I don't have to worry about getting it out there. The only thing I have to do is get it up on retro afterwards. Yeah, you know, which is easy. Yeah, and I'm just like. Oh, it's like it's like a fucking week off for me here. Exactly. Yeah. 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 There's sometimes where you know I'll I try to knock out a couple shows in the can scheduling purposes with my job, of course. And yeah, um, I'll do it. And you know, I, I try to make sure that this doesn't interfere with my personal life with with Nikki with yeah, my yeah. wife. So I'll try to edit shows. But every now and then I got to be like, hey, I got to go downstairs and I got to you know add some music to. It. And she'll be like, okay. And there was one time though where I. Said to her, like, hey, I got to go downstairs and edit a show. And I had just literally, I was home all day. Lost I was doing yourself stuff, in it. And, and I forgot. And it was taking me a little bit. And I was getting a little antsy because I was doing some editing. And it wasn't where I wanted it to be. And I got my phone here and she's texting me. She was like, you told me you're only going to be like 15 minutes. <laughs> like, like, you know, you had all day to do this. Like, that was the only time she ever complained about it. And yeah. So... But that's just a little background. No, but, yeah, you know. no. Hey, listen, I'll, I'll tell you this. That's That's got to be the nice part about doing a retro show where, you know, time's on your side. 
Yeah. You can record it. You can take your time. And that it, really, that's another thing why we like went away from just doing AEW breakdowns because we're like, all right, we have to get this out when Dynamite's fresh on people's yeah. minds. So there are times we logged in right after Dynamite ended or right after a pay for view ended. You know, I'm up to four o'clock in the morning trying to get the show out there or, or Hollywood himself is doing the same thing. And we're like, you know, if we just kind of talk about what's going on right now and a little less time sensitive, at least, you know what, if you're tired and you go to sleep and you do it the next morning, which we still got to get it. What we talk about, we still got to get it out there quick, yep. but it's not as quick. You know yeah. what I mean? So like when we, we, you know, when we did like the top 10 shows, like we took top 20, whatever, we, we took a little bit of time to make sure they were right before we got them out and everything else. Yep. And I'm like, wow, you know, thinking about you doing a retro, I'm like, that's, that's got, that's a nice part of doing it. Um, I, I've tried in the past to do live shows because uh, with this, with the Spreaker app is one of the apps I use, you could tie it into Skype and you could actually not only link up like with the other hosts, but I had it set up where we could take calls. Mm-hmm. But now you're asking whatever audience you have to be somewhere at a specific it's time yeah. to listen to a two yeah. or three hour show. Because at the time we were doing almost three hour shows. Listen and then be like, all right, call in now to talk about this. So it got to the point where, hey, dude, you want to call in tonight? You know, just to get yeah. a caller in. Yeah, you know? yeah. So we like, you know what? This live shit doesn't work. Everybody wants to listen to a podcast at their leisure. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, that, that was a big thing, too. Like, with Ken and I, you know, Ken Ken and I did Sundays for a while on the Ken Reedy Show, which I believe you can still find that on iTunes. Um, yeah, your pre-shows were, if you, it, those were the, my favorite. We the, used to pre-show the, 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 the before the pay-per-views. Yeah. Because that was the perfect lead-in, you know? <laughs> yeah, we had a nice little pre-show where we would preview the pay-per-view. You know, don't watch the network, listen to us. And then Ken wanted to move from Sundays to Mondays, we would still do Sunday pay-per-views, but we would do Mondays. So some weeks we would have two shows. Yeah. And he was trying to capitalize on the, and it's a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, a good thought, but he was trying to capitalize on the, the drive time traffic of people coming home to listen to our show. I think, I think you might've been a little ahead of the game on that. And I was, and with, and, the, with the apps you were using. Yeah. You know? And at that time, there wasn't, you know, touchscreen apps in these cars where you can listen to podcasts yeah. and things like that. So people had to put their it's phone not a bad with, idea with but... a USB charger and everything like that. So yeah. Monday nights were like, all right, I get home from work. I got to slam out some dinner with Nikki. And then I got to dedicate 90 minutes to go do this podcast right before we do Raw. Yeah. And some nights it, it, was, it was easy because... We had the pay-per-view the night before, so we touched on we had the pay-per-view. a lot to we, talk about. We yeah. previewed the pay-per-view, we watched the pay-per-view, then we did the, the, the post-show on the next night, and then previewed Raw. But then there were other nights where we were just going through the motions where it was like, all right, so what happened on Raw this week? What happened on SmackDown yeah. this week? What happened on Impact? <laughs> that is the worst. And we went through just like over worst. and over again. And then I started listening to Conrad's podcast because he did all retro, and I was like, this is where we got it. This is the direction we have yeah. to go in. And we would do some retro stuff and things like that. And then our schedules changed and our passions changed. And Ken has moved on to do other things. And, you know, I, I, I chose to, to stick with this because I, I love talking about the older stuff. It's great that we took a break with the, the, the format with this, especially. I, I loved it. I, I, yeah, I get it. Doing, doing something over there. I'm, dude, I'm with you. When you start doing shows and, and it gets, if, it, if it's repetitive, like I always think about this. If it feels repetitive for us as hosts... Think about what it listener. feels about for the listener. Yeah, exactly. exactly. 100%. 100%. And, that, and that's why I always tell like people that I 
you know, I have people that I talk to that I came in contact with through Twitter or Instagram who listen to the show and have become listeners for a long time. And they, they give me feedback that I have friends who listen because they're my friends. And I'm like, listen, don't just tell me the shows. Like I want an honest, you know, opinion of what he, like, like our a buddy of ours telling us, Hey, you guys turned into an AEW bash show. Yeah. And I don't think it really clicked. He said that. And I'm like, you know what? And we immediately that week just changed our format. Yeah. Not, not in the sense that we made this drastic change, we just decided to open the show. We're all digging what WWE is doing right now. So we're going to open the show with positive vibes. Yeah. And I think I even said it on the show open. Like, yeah, we've been down on this and that lately. We're not doing that tonight. We're doing positive vibes, you know. So it's always good. I try to, I, you know, again, I listen to a ton of podcasts myself. So I can't listen back to myself. And plus, yeah. I can only listen to myself talk so See, much. See, I listen to myself to, to, to work on how I perform yeah. in the next podcast. So I'll, I'll, I'll take notes just to listen to how I talk, how I deliver and how I interact with hosts. So, but go ahead. Continue. I know. I always, I always tell people too, like, obviously everybody's out there. You have all the big names, whether you listen to a lot of wrestling podcasts, whether you listen to political podcasts, sports podcasts, whatever it is. And I listen to all that kind of stuff. Not so many wrestling podcasts, except for friends. Uh, Cause I, with the wrestling, I don't like other people's ideas to come in to what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So I try not to listen to like Raw or Dynamite or uh, pay-per-view review shows yep. uh, because I feel like it influences what I want to say. Yep. Or if I hear them say the same thing I was thinking, I'm like, oh, I'm fucking stealing their idea, you know? Yeah, yeah. So people will send me Cornette clips here and there, and I'm not the biggest Cornette fan, but when it comes to AEW, I agree with a lot of what he says, yeah. so whatever. I, anyway, long story short, I always tell people like most of your big podcasts, they're all week long. You know, it comes out at 11 o'clock Monday, Tuesday, some people every day or whatever day of the week it comes out. Not a lot of stuff comes out on the weekend. So that's your, you know, when you're driving around the weekend, hey, throw us on. You know what I mean? Throw us on then when you have nothing else to listen to or you're, you know, you're driving on vacation and you just listen to two political podcasts. You need something else. Throw us on then. You know what I mean? That's good. Yeah. Weekends, I've been hesitant to post just because people are busy on the weekends, but I try to post. Oh, yeah. I get it out there before. Yeah. That's why I like doing the show on Thursday. We get it out Friday morning. Yeah. So it's sitting there Friday through the weekend, and you'll you'll even see it randomly on a Saturday. I'll get like a pop, uh, and then but usually you're right. It, it's either Friday or Monday. Yeah, I do. I do Wednesday. I try to get the I try to get the you know the listeners that have well. I mean because mine's retro. I, I I was I was basing it around other podcast schedules because there were so many different wrestling podcasts out there that were on a Monday, a Tuesday, a Thursday, a Friday. And now I'm, I was just like, you know what? I'll put it right down in the middle of the week. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's that, that, that's not a bad spot now, yeah. especially with you're going to get the majority of raw reviews are going to be Tuesday. Yep. Majority of your AEW reviews are going to be Thursday, Thursday, Friday, SmackDown. Usually, I mean, maybe Saturday, but usually Monday, yep. you know, so that middle of the week is probably where it's open, where that's so that's a good, that's a good time yeah. to drop them. Well, yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I dude, appreciate it. This is awesome. I love it. I love it. We love you, listeners out there. Thank you for all the support. Definitely going to do this again uh, in the very near future. We'll link up. We'll talk about that. Check out Cool Truth at AC on Retromania and all of the podcast platforms provided. And I think it's about that time that we put this show down for the three count. And we'll see you all next time.